Okay, today is February 21st, 2016, and this is Worlds of Books. Uh, in today's meeting, we're discussing the nonfiction book, The Big Short, by Michael Lewis, uh, published in 2010, and trying to take us through a somewhat torturous uh, journey of the financial crisis that our country went through in two, uh, beginning in 2008 as a result of, well, I'm going to say it was a lot of greed in Wall Street and people uh, 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 somehow imagining that selling a lot of subprime uh, mortgages, mostly to people who didn't qualify for them or could never pay them back and then repackage them, them as securities, uh, uh, would somehow make them rich, which I guess it did, but uh, in the process almost brought the financial system of the country to its knees. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna let go of the mic real quick and then gather my thoughts. I've got some bio information on Michael Lewis just to see if y'all have any other comments. Uh, do you know is he the same Mike, Michael Lewis that is, is has written books on sports uh, that are on Bard? Well, he wrote Moneyball, which is about baseball. It's about the Oakland Athletics, I think. Uh, I think it was published in 2003. Is that is that the one you're thinking of? It probably. And he, and he wrote The Blind Side, which was published, I think, in, let's see, hang on, Blind Side, 2006. So the... Those two, those two had to do with sports. Yeah, and it said, uh, well, that that's the same one. I was a little confused because it said uh, that, that he was a sports writer, and uh, there's a big difference between sports and finance. Um, but you can like both. Yeah, I, I, I'll go ahead and give a little bio on him. I mean, he he, he was. Uh, oh, hang on, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna let go of this a second. Hang on. Okay, he he was born October fifteenth, nineteen sixty. So he's. He's one of my peers. I guess three years younger than I am. But uh, born in New Orleans, his father was a corporate attorney. His mother was a community activist. Uh, 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 I, I think he probably he has written a couple of sports books, but I think it's probably m- more accurate to categorize him as as a financial writer because it, he he actually worked at at Solomon Brothers in London uh, for a brief spell. Uh, and it was that experience that his book Liar's Poker uh, was based. That was published in uh, 1989. That, that, his first book of note, I think. Or it may have actually been his first book. Uh, let's see. He received a BA degree in art history from Princeton in 1982. Uh, he received an MA degree in in economics from the London School of Economics in 1985. Uh, and he worked as a bond salesman at Solomon Brothers in London for a brief brief period of time. He's also written, I, I think he's probably served as a columnist for uh, uh, you know a couple of different uh, uh, newspapers and magazines. I'm not recalling what they've all been, but... Uh, uh, it's like anything else on the internet now. You, you can you can read his his bio and and Wikipedia or on his own homepage and get up to speed pretty quick. Uh, the, the information that I, that I'm quoting today all came from Wikipedia. Uh, let's see, uh, let's see. He's been married three times. Uh, 
he's an atheist. I, I'm not sure that that has anything to do with anything, but uh, it, it was listed in Wikipedia. Some people place importance in that. Uh, you know, it, it, it doesn't bother me. But uh, if, if, if you want you, you want to get get a background of somebody, I think it's important to know stuff like that because I think things like where you're born and raised, you know, New Orleans, and and what your parents did are important because that that establishes a lot of your uh, your 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 family of origin stuff, and I, I I think it influences a lot of who you turn out to be. But you know, we all make different turns down our roads as we as we develop, so that uh, it, it's not controlling. Okay, some of his books, and I don't know which ones are on Bard, but uh, these are the ones that I tried to you know I got a list from Wikipedia and. I listed a lot of them and the dates that they were published. Uh, some of them have, are more noteworthy than others. Liars Poker, uh, Rising Through the Wreckage on Wall Street. That was 1989. Like I said, that, that had to do with his his uh, his stint at, uh, as a bond salesman in, at Sol- Solomon Brothers. Uh, the, the Money Culture, 1991. Uh, let's see. Trail Fever. 1997. I don't know anything about that. Let's see. The New New Thing, a Silicon Valley story, 2000. And that was about the time that uh, the bubble burst in uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, Next, The Future Just Happened, 2001. Don't know anything about that. Moneyball, The Art of Winning an Unfair Game, 2003. That had to do with uh, the Oakland Athletics, I think, and, and baseball. Uh Coach, Lessons on the Game of Life, 2005. The Blind Side, Evolution of a Game, 2006. That's about Michael Orr, the uh, football player that came from Memphis and went on and was gone on to play professional ball. Panic, The Story of Modern Financial Insanity, 2009. Home Game, An Accidental Guide to Fatherhood, 2009. The Big Short, Inside the Doomsday, the Doomsday Machine, uh, 2010, our book for today. Boomerang, Travels in the New Third World, 2011. And finally, Flash Boys, A Wall Street Revolt, 2014. Those are his, uh, uh, that's all but just two or three of his books that were listed in, in Wikipedia. So I'm going to let go of the uh uh, the key for a second and see if y'all have any other comments before I go ahead. Well, I like his writing. I, I won't tell you I understand his writing, but I like the conversational style, if you will. He, he pretty well tw- tries to explain, but I'm coming from ground zero. Um, I should have known, of course, he was a Libra, a peacekeeper. He was born the day before my 18th birthday. So he's a child, um, but but I, I really, I, I'm not sorry I read it. I think I have a little bit more knowledge. Um, greed is the essential fact that moves the bond market, and we found that greed was the essential fact that moved the stock market, and we're all aware that it's a gamble. And what else can you say? It's just not my kind of a book. I just did not understand. Um, I don't understand the whole uh, stock market, bond market, 
whatever. I've never really had that as an interest. Uh, never owned stock. Um, maybe when I was young, I did have some mutual funds, but that was about it. And I didn't have too many of those. And um, I, I like to gamble from time to time, but I don't like to lose as all of us agree, and I hope that I'm not buffering. So, um, I really, I just not understand this book, and uh, I'm surprised that to come in this bit like it, maybe people did like. Uh, Major buffering, Joni. Yeah, I, I got, for a while there, you came in clear, and then the, the last little bit you said it was kind of like it sounded kind of like that. So I, I I missed what you said. I don't know if you if you want to try. I think you may have already exited the room and come back in once. So I'll I'll leave that up to you. But you want to try again? See if we can hear you. I'm gonna leave and come back. You sounded okay right then. Sounded good. Well, she left us. <laughs> no, I I think he writes well. I I. In fact, I'm reading um, the next one, the uh, Boomerang, when I should be doing other things because I've got a few more book groups I have to read up for, but uh, you know how that goes. I'll read what I want to. As you should, and I'll comment some more, hopefully after Jody comes back in, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll give some basics about... Uh, uh, stock market investing uh, are just uh, the very basic but uh do you ha- well uh this is all being recorded so i'll wait till she comes back in before i start blathering but uh, uh anyway we'll see well, that i know a little bit about i've done some i bought some of the greatest penny stocks guaranteed uh I bought them for like three bucks a share and you know what? They're down to 0.00. I mean, I've I've gotten some good stuff and I've gotten some bad stuff. Yeah, unfortunately, the stuff that's that's priced or the in the penny stock category or whatever is so high. I mean, that's about the highest risk that you that you can get uh, that you can get. Of course, it doesn't take much of an investment, but then your odds of getting anything out of it usually aren't that great either. Well, it was a Canadian stock, and it didn't help any that the vice president took the president to court, and the president socked the vice president in court. That didn't make a real professional um, showing. No, no, I guess not. And and I'm wondering what's taking Joni so long to get back in the room. I'll bet she's rebooting the whole computer. Oh, that that can be quite an ordeal. Do you have any Do you have any ideas for a a book that we can talk about next month? I, I guess we probably ought to do a an entertainment type uh, uh novel or something but uh i mean i i can dig up something but i, I apologize i just I, I got i cut my timeline a little too close again <laughs> join the club i didn't either what i'm reading for one book group that is not part of this is um the hundred year old man who climbed out a window and disappeared Apparently, it's a guy who climbed out of a nursing home window, and and he's never he's he's apparently filling his bucket list, and uh, they hadn't found him for quite some time. I I haven't read it. I don't know if it's good or not. It's just an intriguing title. Well, I'm tempted to offer up uh, uh, 
I, I, I'm not a big James Patterson fan. I mean, some of his stuff's okay, and I used to really like the Alex Cross series, but I got tired of it. I, I quit reading it. But this latest one, I think, is called Cross Justice, and it wasn't half bad. The uh, uh, it's the commercial version at Bard, and it's uh, 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 it, it was a good. I'm just about to finish it. It was it was a good story. The narration was excellent. It, it's nice to actually have a African American male narrating a book that where the main character is an african-american male so uh, uh I, i'm kind of tempted to suggest that what do you think excellent i uh no longer have barred it got screwed up somehow and uh my credit card numbers changed and i haven't gone in and and i kind of go do i want to spend 15 16 dollars a month which is all it, it was for me but i won't get that price again i'm sure but I was a Bard member for like 14 years, and I miss it, but life is tough. Audible, you mean? Uh, you're saying Bard. I'm, I'm thinking you're meaning Audible? I'm meaning Audible. One of those senior moments. Well, yeah, I mean, th- this is a commercial version, but it, but it's on Bard, so it, it, it's nice because, uh, uh, you know, I say it's nice. It's got the the sound effects with the screeching cars and the, the banging cars and the gunshots and stuff like that, which... You know, I can do without that kind of stuff, but I mean, but but they did a decent job with it. So you know, it, it is what it is. And if if they are more successful creating audiobooks to doing that, and they get more, you know, uh, you know, the masses to to buy more books because of that, and therefore we all benefit. Go for it's what I say. Joni's back. It took me a little while because it said that my connection was lost and kinds of stuff but i am back so what have you been talking about aside from me since (laughs) talk about paranoia just kidding folks so what were you discussing audio books and the commercial uh things that are happening we were just talking about and we weren't talking about you the only thing we said about you was i said it sure seemed like it's taking Joni a while to come back in and then mickey said i think maybe she had to restart her whole computer so that's all that we said about you and and then we talked some about uh i, I made a suggestion for next month's book and it's it, it's it's at bard but it's it's one of these commercial productions and that's what we were talking about mostly what is the suggestion a James Patterson book with Alex Cross called Cross Justice. Oh, that sounds fine with me. I started it. I haven't, um, uh, since I always have a whole lot of books started, um, yeah, that's fine with me. Okay. Well, now I'll talk a little bit more about uh, uh, economics, the stock market, uh, the bond market, uh, and, and I'll quickly put you all to sleep. And as Johnny, you say you don't understand all this stuff. There's really only one rule in, in all this stuff: buy buy low, sell high. I mean, that's it. That that that's the basics on which uh, that uh, all economics is built on. And uh, 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 basically, uh, and, and this is Allen's summation of what this book, uh, The Big Short, really amounts to. It, it amounts to a bunch of folks on Wall Street that, uh, uh, that, that, that aren't regulated enough, in my opinion, creating extremely complex financial instruments uh, uh, that, whose foundations were really subprime mortgages 
And we all know what a subprime mortgage is. It's, it's, it's a loan made to somebody suspect, really, and their ability to pay it off. You know, it, it's what I'd call a highly risk mortgage. And then, uh, and this is what I, what I really couldn't fathom, the rating agencies that's supposed to rate this stuff, how in the world you could take loans that were packaged together a large majority of which were subprime, highly risk, package them into a security. And all, and all that is, is you, you take one financial instrument and wrap it around, you know, wrap it up in a different package and then sell it again as a security. Uh, and, and then that security being rated as AAA, which is, you know, like the highest uh, rating in terms of low risk that you can get. Uh, and then everybody and their brother uh, generating this stuff and taking their share along the way, and, and you know, and getting commissions, et cetera, et cetera. Because whenever anything's sold in the bond and stock markets, there there, there are commissions that are made. Uh, yeah, more so in the bond market. I think he brought that out in the book than in the stock market. The stock markets. More of your average Joes have gotten into your, your your individual investors, your day traders, and stuff like that, are doing that. So I think it's it's more closely scrutinized than the bond market. Bond market is usually just the corporate world for the most part, investments or, or the or the very high rollers, and, uh, and and there has not been as much oversight in that market. And that's pretty much what we were dealing with in this book, but. Uh, I'll pause again for comments, uh, regurgitations, whatever. Well, you put some light on the subject, and uh, I think I get it more than I did before. So I thank you for that. I'm just curious: is Berkshire Hathaway still the number, the highest uh, stock? I uh, couldn't afford that one. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, I mean. I've got a, 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 I dabble in this stuff, just a very small amount, and I've done it enough to realize that, you know, I worked for Federal Express for three years, and, you know, I lived in Memphis for 30 years where they're based, and it takes a lot of effort to learn about a company and get a handle on what its current price is in terms of, I mean, because, I mean, the, the, the prices change over time significantly and it just takes a lot of work to develop an understanding of this stuff so if you think you're going to be able to go out and hear a quick quick tip on something out especially something that that, that's public knowledge and then make a killing off of it you're a fool you you should save your money and 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 don't do it because because it does not work that way i mean by, by the time you're hearing stuff in the news about investments the boat has sailed you're you're not going to be able to make any money on it because it it's done uh and and besides they frown on insider knowledge and stuff which 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 it really takes to to make a killing on this stuff and it's and it's usually the people that are highly placed and informed that 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 have you know politicians in their pockets and stuff that that can benefit from that kind of information but uh Hey, the the thing I liked about this book is I got the feeling that Michael Lewis was giving it to us straight. I mean, I think the man, he's actually worked 
at at Solomon Brothers, uh, I, I got the feeling he he was really striving to try to paint an accurate picture of this, not not a skewed picture like somebody that's that was making boatloads of money at this stuff would. And uh, I, I appreciated that, and so uh, uh, th- that's one of the reasons I wanted to read the thing because because I, I, I think that's the kind of writing he does. Uh, granted, if, if you if you read some about him uh, on the internet, you'll find that there are people that that that, that take shots at his his reporting style or disagree with him. But hey, I think you're probably going to find that about anybody that writes nonfiction. So uh, I'm gonna stop talking for a minute to see if y'all got anything else to say. Well, Mickey, let me ask you, did, you said you liked him pretty good. Did, did, did you feel like, he, I mean, granted, it's, it's a very complex subject. Did, did you feel he was, uh, he was trying to give a, uh, give a straight r- reporting of, uh, of, of things? Absolutely. And I did catch the, the drift of it being, being greed. And I almost had the impression that there was some insider trading going on, that they were, they were, they were, planning this whole thing out and I was wondering if they they made these um, B and lower uh, ratings and then with a couple of A pluses to try and and then averaged it um, that was kind of one of the things that concerned me yeah and, and, and I don't know and I'll tell you I, I, I worked for a bank and I you know I worked, and, and one of their subsidiaries was was a mortgage originator. Was, you know, it was a mortgage company. And I just have to tell y'all, uh, when they took these loans and packaged them and stuff into these, they were called CMOs, collateralized mortgage obligations. They talked about collateralized debt obligations and this thing, which is basically the same thing. Uh, I, it was, I was always bothered because I thought, well, this just seems unbelievably complex the way all this stuff works and i, I don't know as, as i've grown older I've, I've gotten to where i put a lot of stock in stuff and it, the simpler it is and easier it is to understand i'm a, i'm a lot more likely to sign on board with something because i, I know if something is made unbelievably complex I'm not the one benefiting from that, and you know it's it's usually somebody else that's benefiting from from that because why why not make it simple where people can understand it and stuff? And if if you can't explain stuff to me in terms that I can understand, I I just don't want to have anything to do with you for the most part. But hey, now now you know where Alan's coming from on this stuff. But uh, I, I've just found that it's easier. Uh, I get. I, I'm happier in life. I have more success in life if I follow if I follow that path. And if you can't, if you can't jump on board Alan's rule of simplicity, then you know uh, you might as well save your save your words. Well, that uh, makes sense to me. I was, shall we say, ill at ease in what maybe 2007 or eight when. Um, we we I'll I'll say we but it wasn't we, were talked into putting getting a thirty year loan on the house, and we weren't going to be alive thirty years now. I'm I'm going wait a minute how are they going to pay that off? And he, we were told well it'll it'll take care of itself and you know you can pay it down and all that good stuff and and I I don't 
think this is right. I don't, you don't put a 70-year-old man or 65-year-old man, give him a, a 30-year mortgage. It just isn't rational. And that I saw that as kind of the microcosm of what we were reading. Oh, I think you're exactly right. I, 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 I think the stuff got kind of flipped around and, and the people that were trying to, 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 to get folks to generate these mortgages and stuff that they could package in these securities were doing that very kind of thing. They were trying to talk people into, uh, and, and, uh, taking out these loans that people that had no business doing it and stuff. I mean, now granted, I'm not, I'm not going to say that, uh, uh, refinancing is never a good idea. I mean, I refinanced my loan at one point in time because, you know, when I got it earlier, the, the, the interest rates were much higher, and I was able to refinance it, get a, uh, granted, you know, I had started out with a 15-year loan, and it was, you know, by the time I refinanced, it was down to probably 10 years left on it. So, you know, I added another five years on it again because, you know, I went from a 10, you know, 10 years left to, you know, to a, to another 15 year loan, but with the, with the lower rate and stuff, you know, the payments drop and stuff. So, I mean, that kind of thing is fine, but when somebody's telling you something's going to take care of himself, oh, well, that's, that's a bunch of bull. I mean, it's nothing's going to take care of itself. I mean, it, what's going to take care of it is, is you paying the monthly payments and stuff. But that that was part of the book that that I, I just was shaking my head because you know there, he he talked about specific examples. What I mean, folks in California that that, that were like, you know, it doesn't matter if you're, whether you're Hispanic or whatever you are, but they mentioned like Hispanic farm workers in California that are like picking fruit and stuff. They were giving them loans, you know, for hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy a house and stuff. I mean, come on, people. I mean, that's just insanity. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I get real, I get real frustrated with when stuff like that is allowed to happen. And I'll be honest with you, I used to be a Republican and stuff before uh, all this crash, and you know, before I lost my eyesight, and before uh, you know I became you know, dependent on Social Security and the whole nine yards, but. It was mainly two things, the Iraq war and the the financial crisis that made me think, you know, I'm not messing with the, the Republicans or, you know, I hate to make political statements, but I thought, you know, that that that's convinced me, you know, I've, 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 I've gone through it and I, I'm not happy with, with, with what happened and, and I'm putting it in the balls in their court on this one and stuff, so. That that's that that changed my mind considerably, and uh, it's been changed considerably more since then. As I've listened to the primaries and stuff, and just continued living. I want to know what you're doing inside my head. That's just exactly the way I feel. Well, I agree. Uh, with them, it just amazes me how it's all greed and it's all it's all awful. And um, having been brought up the way I hope many people have been brought up, that, you know, what happened to honesty? What happened? Maybe it never was there in politics. Maybe there's always been tons of corruption. 
I begin to think maybe, you know, the more things, uh, uh, things change, the more they stay the same. I don't know. Um, but I have never been a Republican and, uh, was a Democrat and have not been very happy the way Obama has done many things, but then again, I don't like politicians at all. And in my state, there's so much corruption. Wherever you look, there's so much corruption. But we have to live with it, I guess. And uh, it's not easy, because I hate it. I hate the lies. I hate the greed. I hate all that stuff. Well, Mr. I heard on the news today that Mr. Trump has decided that he is going to tone down his uh, impressions of people because he feels that maybe he'll win more more people if he isn't so aggressive. He said he can act presidential. Yeah, that's the only thing I think he can do is, is act or act up. But uh, I, I, I don't know. I just, uh, when I, <laughs> it scares me to death to think that we may elect one of these, one of these Republican guys. I, I, you know, I, it, 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 it just, it just terrifies me. But anyway, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get off politics for a second. Uh, one thing I will ask, I, I did enjoy a, a few of the characters in this book, the, uh, the, especially uh, Michael, Michael Berry. Uh, I think his name's spelled B-U-R-R-Y. Uh, and then, uh, was it Steve Eisman? Uh, I, I, I liked those guys, and I, I especially liked... I, I like the fact that Eisman would would go into these rooms, and, <laughs> and he'd just lay it out there. I mean, he he didn't pull any punches when he was talking to these guys, these cheats and stuff. Is what I call them. But uh, I, I was curious, Mickey, did, did did any of the characters stand out for you? Well, those two did because they were aggressive, because they they it was kind of a no holds barred. Um, this is the way I feel. This is what you're doing. Um, and and I liked the way Michael came in, and and I mean he the the research that he did and the way he approached people impressed me too, because he got them to speak up. Yeah, I I, I really liked him, and you know, I I I think at times that that I might have some of the characteristics of, of Asperger's. I mean, I, I'm sure, I, uh, I don't know if, I don't think enough that I would ever be categorized uh, or, or labeled w- with that. But th- there are things about that, that that condition, I'll call it, that that I really like, actually. I mean, I like, the, I mean, I respect people that that spend, I mean, or they get passionate about, I mean, they they tend to get passionate about a particular topic and then just dive into it. Uh, all the way and uh and i can understand you know some of the i I, you know i'm not i'm not the one that works a party or works a room like like at a party so i'll be the one over in the corner trying to mind my own business because i'm I'm not real comfortable in those kind of situations and i and i can appreciate that and uh i got so aggravated though uh, because he made these people a ton of money in the end they, they they just wanted to uh, 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 like cast him out and stuff, and uh, not have anything to do with him. Uh, this is Michael Berry, I guess. 
And uh, I, I thought, hey, isn't, that the, isn't that the way it is all the time? Uh, uh, and, you know, uh, I don't really know, you know, th- th- this book, I-, I appreciated it because I learned a lot about it. But 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 what I find very disheartening about it is I'm not really convinced that a lot of stuff really changed after all this happened, which to me is almost unconscionable because I'm not sure the markets uh, th- there were some changes in the markets. But when uh, th- this stuff about these institutions being too big to fail, I mean, I, I don't disagree with that, but I- in the end, it's almost like. Yeah, yeah, the government came in and bailed out these guys that probably should have been allowed to to, uh, to 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 go down into a black hole economically. And uh I find that I find that very very disturbing, but uh I I I do understand uh that it might be the best road. The thing that bothers me is that we've allowed a system to develop that that can allow that to happen. People want to change, especially uh, the big uh, uh, money people. They want things to stay the same as much as they can. But uh, what I wanted to say was, Alan, I thought that you don't read uh, James Patterson anymore. I'm surprised that you would choose an Alex Cross. Well... It was suggested to me by somebody that had already read it and, and said that it was pretty good. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have. I mean, I like back in the day. I mean, this was back when I was still reading print. I read. Oh, I think I get a little confused because his first two were "Kiss the Girls" and "Along Came a Spider," and I'm not sure if they were in that order or flipped because the movies that came out were flipped. His second book was was made into a, a the second Alex Cross book was made into a movie first. So I always I've always I always get confused. And I read probably the first six or seven or eight of those. Like I said, I was reading print back then and read those all in print and and liked them. But it just I don't know. Whatever the last one I read, uh it, they just started being more of the same. And then and then he just started I mean he just started coming out with stuff all the time and I just uh and I think a lot of the stuff of his that I read, I don't think he actually, I think he plastered his name on the cover, but I think, uh, I think somebody else was actually doing the writing and stuff. So I, I got discouraged with some of his stuff, but, but like I said, I always have kind of liked the Alex Cross character and, and like I, I've enjoyed this. I mean, it was a good read. So, uh, that, that's why, I'm, I mean, we, we need to take a break from the nonfiction for a while, especially after something like, the big short. I think we need to read something that's a little bit lighter and strictly entertaining. Well, two things. One, I stopped with Alex Cross probably at 13 or 14, which means, and that was, we used to read them almost religiously, you know, when they came out, and we both got kind of tired of it. And now maybe it's time to pick up again. And the other thing was, I thought um, Lewis made an awfully big thing. Now, you can... Um, come uh, understand it probably more than I can, Alan, but uh, he made such a big thing about having only one eye. Well, I should have one eye. Um, um, 
I, I also have a prosthetic, and I didn't, it's not that big a deal. It's just, you know, the way it is. But he seemed to have a very low impression of himself as a um, one-eyed whatever. Um, and I kind of I, I kind of said, oh, come on. Yeah, I think that was the, the, the uh, Michael Berry, I guess, the guy with Asperger's had the one eye. Is that right? Or was it Steve Eisenberg? I think it was it was Berry. And, and, and you know, yeah, uh, uh, I, I'm learning more and more uh, that, uh, you know, Folks, folks that are that that are that are very lucky to be blessed not to have any kind of physical problems or any kind of disabilities whatsoever. Uh, I, I, I tend to find that a lot of times they just really haven't thought about stuff nearly as much as they need to think about stuff because uh, uh, you know they and I realize I'm generalizing I'm generalizing heavily and stuff and I, and I apologize for that but uh, uh, I just find that the masses of folks and I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna lump them in into the masses that they just don't think about stuff enough and, and you know and if something is different in any way from what what they perceive to be their norm yeah uh, I just find that, that, that they're very very short-sighted they're very they tend to be very uh oh what's the word i'm looking for uh uh uh, it's not coming to me but uh they they just anybody that's different from them they 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 just don't they just don't want to give them a fair shake and uh uh so i i don't know I, i don't think michael lewis really is like that but you know I don't know why he felt the need to mention that about the thing. I guess he was just trying to fully show the character because maybe maybe it affected him in his interactions with other people, which that wouldn't surprise me. Oh, we just have we are we most don't over Um good don't be but they'll call themselves blind. Um they don't see well. There are things they can't see. But they can see more than we totals can. And, uh, gosh, if we had one eye that worked, <laughs> oh, my gosh, it would be unbelievable. We'd know what to do with ourselves. Um, I didn't read that part of the book, so I don't know. But um, but it's it's a whole, it's, it's a very fascinating thing. Uh, I think that Many blind people expect sighted people to know more than they do about us because we are, we're a big minority. Um, is that an oxymoron? Oh. We, um, people come us as much as we think we do, and, and they don't know what to do unless we're lucky and we find somebody that just is a, a, a good person and just treats us like a human and when we're lucky and we find those kinds of people we have to rejoice a lot of what you said was buffered but I think we got the gist Um, you're right in that people don't know how to behave they don't but I didn't know how to deal with um someone who was on crutches for example until I was on crutches so I broke my leg 
I didn't know the joys of a wheelchair until I was dealing with Bob. I mean, you can't, you can't really get it until you're dealing with it. Um, and it's, it's um, always a lesson. <laughs> it's, but this guy was feeling reasonably sorry for himself that he was the guy left out. And I get that once in a while. The day before yesterday, I went out with a um, a sweater instead of a jacket because it wasn't. It was in the, four, the high forties, and to me, that's warm. And they're going, "You need a coat. You need a coat." I said, "No, I'm fine. I got my jacket. I've got my sweater on. It's a heavy sweater." And one gal says to the other, "She don't got no brains." <laughs> and I, I bit my tongue and walked away. <laughs> well, I think she uh, uh, made it clear that she's the one that had no brains. So. And, and that's the thing. You don't really get it. You don't really fully get something until you personally experience it. However, we all need to have be open-minded about trying to understand that when somebody is different, that we need to try to I mean, we just need to try to put ourselves in their position. And, and, and that's true. Empathic thinking is something that way too many folks have uh, no concept of. And they, 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 they just don't appreciate trying to put themselves in the position of you know, their fellow man. So, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that. And uh, I think we, we're all probably in agreement on it. And uh, so... I think we've talked about the big short enough. Uh, uh, I, I will just say this last thing about it. More power to the guys that were smart enough to realize that the crisis was coming and that they, that they were able to make a pot load of money on it. I don't feel, I don't, I don't, I don't hold that against those guys at all because I suspect based on the way they were described in the book, uh, they would have been one of the first ones to try to, steer people from getting into this insanity and they realized it wasn't possible so they thought well let's make a few bucks off of it and i'm glad they did uh and uh one last thing i think we've already talked about it for next month we're going to read cross justice by james patterson and let me go get grab the book number and i'll let go of the mic in case y'all have a couple of words Joni, if you have something else to say grab the mic and hold it and just be quiet for a few seconds because after you buffer for a second, you, you come through clear, but it just takes a second, and, but you're just real choppy at first. All right, letting go. Well, this is just that I have done it, and I'm looking forward to next month. Okay, the DV number, and it's a fairly new one, 82920. Uh, and Joni, I think Mickey and I were talking some about this when you were restarting. Uh, this is a it's a it's a commercial audio book at Bard. I think maybe it's Hachette. Hachette seems to be the one they've got the biggest deal with, and Hachette does a lot of audio books. And the narration is great. I thought it's uh, the guys. It's I think it's got maybe more than well the the guy that introduces the prologue is a British narrator, but he's just at the very beginning. Jefferson Hay, uh, sorry, Jefferson Mays is the main narrator, and he's African American, which I, I told Mickey, it's nice to actually have an African American narrator 
that's narrating a book where the main character is an African uh, American male. So uh, he does a really good job with the narration, and I, and I thought, and if you can get if you, if you can get past all the sound effects that are in there, and it's got you know gunshots and stuff like that, and car door slamming and car door uh, cars careening into one another and stuff like that but uh, it, 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 it it's 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 manageable they do a decent job of it so i got through it so anyway that's going to be our book for next month uh, cross justice db 82920 and now it's cross mystery by james patterson uh i think it's from 2015 and it is fairly light oh Nine hours, 41 minutes. So that's not too bad. Uh, so, any other final comments? Well, not for, um, I believe it's March 20th for our next one. And I'm sorry we, we lost you, Joni. Yes, it is definitely March 20th. Thank you, Mickey. I, I omitted, I neglected to say that. And, uh, as always, thank y'all for your very good comments. I'm sorry we didn't have more people. I'll take full responsibility for that. Uh, uh, no, no, no more uh, nonfiction, extremely complicated financial books. Well, we made a good discussion out of it. Thank you. Well, it's like I say, if if you want to understand something better, you you got to just dig in and 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 and, and do the heavy lifting and, and then talk about it some. So. Hopefully we learned a little bit. Johnny, I hope you learned a little bit. And like I said, I'm sorry I picked something that you had no interest in. But thank you for coming. So you're a good sport, and I appreciate it. Thank you, Alan. See you next month, guys. Or next week in the Mystery Book Club. Oh, that's, that's a better book than I expected it to be. I thought I, I'm, I'm not a great fan of her father, but... I like this book. It seems to have more energy. Well, I'm going to be on the road, so I'm not going to be at the mystery book thing, and I've not read that one yet. So y'all uh, give my hellos and regrets to everybody, and I uh, hope y'all have a good discussion. And uh, I'm getting ready to go over to my brother's, and we're going out to eat tonight. Uh, my uh, sister-in-law's father is taking us out to eat, so we'll see. We're going to something, uh, Logan's Steakhouse. Whoa. Who said you can go out of town? I mean, that isn't nice. You know, you've got these book groups you have to um, participate in because every brain helps. Yes, we need you. Well, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm not going to make it. Mainly, I, I guess it would be possible. Uh, it, it would probably be impolite, but... Uh, the the bigger issue is that the TC conference add-in on the iPhone I don't think works all that great, so I'm I'm most probably won't be there. No, I was only kidding. We can we can we can fill you in all on you know, and that way we have a chance to talk about you too. That's right. Uh, yeah, exactly. If y'all can't find something better to talk about, that I feel sorry for you. But anyway, like I said, give give my regrets, and like I said, I'm. I'm going to say bye now, and like I said, I always love talking to you ladies because I like you all a lot, and uh, I appreciate your comments. Well, we like you too. Bye-bye, Alan. Bye, Mickey. Bye-bye, both.